If you wish to get your body moving to empower your brain to know you can do great things, but you don't want your New Year's resolution to fade by February 1st, then I recommend signing up for Future. I connected with Lisa, thanks to the sponsor of today's video and episode, Future. Future is a fitness app that pairs you with your own highly credentialed fitness coach who will hold you accountable and keep your workouts fresh and fun. Upon signing up, you'll have a video call with your coach who will then design a fitness plan unique to you between voice prompts, video checking calls with your coach and messaging within the app. You'll feel like your coach is always by your side. If you want 2023 to be the year you crush your fitness goals, go to www.tryfuture.co forward slash empath. Try your first month with Future for just $19. The link is in the show notes. That's www.tryfuture.co forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H. Here's the thing. I triggered a reader just around the holidays. And she called me out and said that I, how dare I say that empaths attract narcissists. We don't willingly want to, and it's just an energetic concept. And so many narcissists and empaths and survivors and all were like, how did I even attract that person, right? It's not intentional. You're not attracting abuse. However, it was a really hard pill for me to swallow. And the hard truth is, energetically, unconsciously, you are attracted to that because you're used to it. That abuse and behavior was normalized in your life somehow. And for me, I had to stop making justifications and excuses for that bad behavior, whether it be a family member, a really good friend, a new friend, or my past lover who I was gone and left and I was so fuming mad at. If I was to get out of being a victim and move on and thrive in life and stop being stuck in the whirlpool of victimhood. I had to swallow that big pill and say, hey, this is my part. Now, what can I do in my energetic field, in my spiritual practices, in my self-development to better myself, not for them, only purely for me so I can stop attracting those types of people? Maybe you might call them gutter people, evil, psychopaths, narcissists. Whatever they are, they're energetically lower than what you need to attract for you to benefit and thrive in a relationship. Otherwise, it's far more worth it to just be alone. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, your nurturing warrior guide through the darkness. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe and rate and review this podcast. This is season five, episode one, five signs you are finally done with a narcissist and how to move on in your power. Just a reminder, this episode is for educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for professional therapy. Highly sensitive people have a heightened awareness of other people's emotions and feelings. They tend to be more empathic and compassionate. Dear empaths, do you relate to that statement? 
Empaths often feel overwhelmed by others' pain, sadness, anger, and grief. I myself, just as the Hindu goddess Kali and Mesopotamian goddess Inanna, have walked through the darkness, died to myself and ego, and ascended to connect with my true, authentic self. Part of that healing journey, I truly benefited from talk therapy. This is why I specifically chose, out of all the sponsors out there, BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. With a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network, it will give you access to help that you need that may not be available in your area. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. That's betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H. And the link is in the show notes. Claim all the offerings and transformational workshops that we offer in our studio in the link in the show notes as well at ravenscott.show forward slash shop. Without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. This is season five, episode one. Holy cow, season five. I am so excited for this season, you guys. We are leveling up. We are having an epic year and an epic season bringing on some phenomenal guests and for me to clear my throat chakra and bring you amazing, powerful, kick in the butt information that you just need to know so that you can level up your energy as well. This is five signs you are finally done with a narcissist and how to move on in your power. Breaking free from your relationship with a narcissist can be challenging and it feels like you're stuck in this giant black widow web and you don't know how to get out or like I like to refer to a a dark vortex and you don't know how to get out. If you're having a hard time breaking away from a narcissistic partner, you are not alone. This is normal because they use all of the fog, they use all the confusion, the tactics to get you questioning, am I the narcissist? Am I the problem? They prevent you from getting good nights rest and sleep, which then prevents your brain from functioning. Your nervous system is constantly on edge and you're not sure how to function. There's no peace and quiet for you to find clarity, to find the right answers. And they do this on purpose because they know you're going to finally find the truth out. And when you do, you're going to be done with them. And then they're going to be abandoned. You're going to leave them. And they're going to have to feel all those horrible trauma triggers all over again. So they'd rather just push them off to you and give that trauma to you and avoid it rather than dealing with their own demons. So here are some signs you are done and you're ready to gain strategies for freedom and healing. The first sign is you feel unsettled when they lie to you. Your intuition is kicking in and you go, "Mm, that's not true. That doesn't sit well. I want to believe you, but I can't, right? That is a sign. 
that you're just done with her BS. Number two, you've worked on yourself and you are able to receive compliments. This is the biggest thing. Narcissists can keep you under their thumb because you are believing their lies. You're believing your own bullying lies that are just natural. We have them. But the narcissist amplifies those and makes them into giant monsters and truths. And they're not true. So once you've worked on yourself and your self-development, you start to be able to receive compliments from friends and people in your work social environment. And you say, wow, yeah, thank you. Instead of pushing it off and putting it down and not receiving the compliment, you're one step closer to being done with the narcissist. Number three is you're able to own who you are. You own your quirkiness. You own your flaws. And all of those flaws that the narcissist points out, you're like, yeah, that's me. What are you going to do about it, right? You start to feel like, screw you. I'm not going to change. I'm going to stop changing and bettering myself for you. That's when you know you are done with the narcissist. Number four is you stop believing their lies. Similar to number one, but really, truly, this is it. You start to get that analytical brain and you start to put the action and align it with their false truths. And you see that they're just all talk. They're all talk and no action. And you're done with them. You're done with them not showing up for you anymore. You're done with them projecting all of their flaws onto you. You're done with them telling that you're going crazy and you are done with their saying that you're always forgetting things, that you're always leaving stuff out or pointing out all your flaws. You're like, screw you. I don't need to be told that I'm not perfect. I already know this. And so you stop believing that because you say, you know what? I'm trying my best here and enough is enough. That's when you know you're a step further from being done with a narcissist. And number five is the makeup after arguments. It doesn't have that je ne sais quoi, that like high that you used to feel after every makeup. You know, it just doesn't feel good anymore. You're just over it. You're done. And it kind of is depressing. Like making up after an argument for me was really heavy. It was depressing because it just meant more work than I needed to do. Like more hopelessness of, well, if I can't fix this unattainable goal of emotional enlightenment, then nothing's ever going to be fixed. And it's just always going to be this constant stress cycle all the time. And I just thought that that was my reality and that it was what it was and I accepted it, but it was depressing. It really got me depressed. And you can read more about that in my book, Empath and the Narcissist, my lowest moment in my life on the beach of Tahiti. And I'm sure you, my dear empath, are at, you've gone to your lowest point. You were at your breaking point and you're done with the narcissist. These are all the signs that show you. One last bonus sign I'm going to share with you is that there is no genuine emotional connection. When you share your feelings, you do not feel seen or heard or received. You're immediately put down back in your place. You are discarded. Your emotions are discredited. They are shoved down in the corner again and they don't hold space for you. They're either talking about a solution, telling you how they feel, and they turn it around on them and say, well, how do you think it makes me feel when da-da-da-da-da? Versus saying, I'm so sorry you're feeling like that right now. Knowing and understanding that emotions are like the tide 
they are they ebb and flow they're a wave they're impermanent they are they don't define you that there if of course the narcissist doesn't know that because they have no emotional intelligence so they don't know to hold space for you and so you have this emotional disconnect you're finally done you are finally done with a narcissist when you have identified with these six things and breaking away from a narcissistic partner or family member can feel insurmountable but it is possible to set yourself free it is possible to begin the process of healing and here are some strategies that you can use to end your relationship with a narcissist and start rebuilding your life. Before I dive into that, I wanted to share with you, I offer this in a very extensive and thorough step-by-step course in the link in the show notes. It is called Empath Healing Support Course, and I guide you through all of the powerful healing modalities and the steps that I took to transform from being stuck in that victim mentality of like hashtag me too, WTF, this can't be my life, to breaking free and then to finally finding my way on the path of healing and becoming so awesomely empowered that I don't give an F anymore about what they think and what I say, you know? So this course gives you the tools that I use to transform my own life. And I'm personally giving you this in the course and it comes aligned with the community and it will be up and launched January 16th. So you can click this link in the show notes to pre-order that right now. For founding members, it is only $99 for the whole year, which is $8.25 a month. So it's very, very affordable. It's only happening for one month starting January 16th. Again, now you can pre-order it now. And this offers only running for the founding members in the first month that I launched this course. And with the course, you get access to the free Empath Healing Support Community. So go grab that in the link in the show notes. Now we're going to kind of dive into this topic about acceptance. This is the number one step in order for you to gain your power back is to accept that you can't change the narcissist. Accept that you can't fix the relationship. Accept that you probably have to walk away. And maybe your walking away sparks the narcissist into fixing themselves or not. But either way, it's painful to watch them either fix themselves and be better with the new relationship, which most of the time it's fake and it's just like new supply. And then in, behind the scenes, it's the same old, same old that you experience. So don't buy into the social media posts and the lies about how wonderful it is. That's just another lie to stop believing. So the narcissist will always be a narcissist. True NPD takes a hell of a lot of work to shift and be conscious of and to change. And even when they're conscious, which will have a conscious narcissist in this season, sharing with us how he has so much work to do and being conscious, that's why he's talking about it all the time every day. Because it's so easy for him to slip back into his old patterns and break another heart. So he understands it, but he also knows that he can work on changing, but it takes, it's like moving the Titanic. It takes a lot of time and effort. So no matter what you do or say, in the moment right now, you need to accept that you can't change the narcissist. And it's not your job or journey to do so. 
Your job and journey is to change yourself for you, for no one else, for your own soul's journey and your satisfaction. It is important to accept and understand that this fact because it can give you the courage to take steps, to break free from them, to walk away and to say, you know what, I'm letting go of this huge relationship for so many years that I've built with this emotionally unavailable person and you've worked and you've held on hard and you've changed this and that and you've shifted this and that for yourself, but it's never fixed the relationship. So I get it. You've invested a lot of time and effort into it, but you have to just accept that no matter how much work you put into it, it's not going to change. So are you willing to continue to build your ice castle of loneliness and lack of hope and hopelessness and despair and abuse? Or are you willing to break free and let it go? Walk away, walk down the mountain, Elsa, and rejoin your friends and community and sisters and be able to build a new life for yourself that you truly will enjoy and thrive and be at peace in. Now, once you recognize that a person's nature cannot be changed, it can also help motivate you to remove yourself from their presence, to remove yourself from buying into their lies and their sales pitch, and remove yourself from trying to make them change. It will help you stop trying to make them change. It really will, but you have to fully accept this harsh reality. In addition to acceptance, we need to start setting powerful boundaries, which I have a free workshop. You can grab the link in the show notes of how to set powerful boundaries and take steps to protect yourself, specifically financially. Because narcissists do financially abuse their partners because of course that is the number one way to control is you need to set boundaries and you need to create an exit plan to break free from the narcissist and the number one way to do this is to first open your own separate private bank account that they do not have access to and number two is to start earning your own income that goes to that private bank account directly you must let them know that their behavior is not acceptable. So when you gain that independence, you then have almost like a power boost of confidence behind you saying, I've got myself, I've got my back and I will get out of here. So who cares what the consequences are in the moment? Unless there's some real physical violence, please find a safe house. You do not need to stay and try and figure out your finances. There are safe houses for immediate physical danger and safe houses. So when you're in that relationship, the number one thing about setting a boundary is you need to verbalize it. Tell them that you know that this behavior is not correct. It's not acceptable to you. Who cares what they think if it's acceptable to them? Because of course it's acceptable to them to walk all over you. It's not acceptable to you. And then you need to verbalize a consequence if and when they do cross that boundary. And they need to respect the boundaries. Make it very clear what types of behavior will no longer be tolerated. So when coercive control, the narcissist will always pitch you against everyone else. They will always make sure that they are the hero and you are the villain. So especially in a case, let's say you're listening to your favorite music with your kids and then the narcissist walks in and makes fun of that music. 
That is inappropriate. It's unacceptable. And it's putting you down in front of the children and starting to manipulate and warp their viewpoint about you and it being very biased and judgmental, which is not okay. Anyone can enjoy whatever music they prefer. So the boundary is you cannot disrespect me and insult my music, period. You could say in front of the kids, but really it's just period in general. That's not okay. And if you do, I'm going to need to ask you to not do that. And if you cannot, then we will need to look at living in separate homes if it's gotten that bad. Or we will need to look at going to counseling. Or you will need to start to go to therapy. Or you will need to start to go to emotional intelligent classes. Do not put my music down. Or we will take the party somewhere else. And literally just... If they do it again, then take the party somewhere else and tell your children, that's not appropriate. We don't judge other people's music. That's not nice. We were having a really great time. We don't judge daddy's music when he plays it. And so you're communicating to your children as well as saying, this is the boundary. If you make fun of this music, then we're going to take the party somewhere else and we're going to leave and leave you alone, right? Because silence and being alone is the narcissist's kryptonite. Now, of course, they're going to flash back. It's not going to really be very pretty. It'll become a really horrible argument. But you just do what you do. You hold your boundaries. You hold firm in your emotions, that you enjoy your music. You tell your children that that's not okay. Think about how you would want your children to be treated. Would they want, would you want a friend or a, a sibling coming up to them and saying, oh, that's a stupid song. Why are you listening to that? No. So you would correct it within your children. So correct it for yourself and put up those boundaries. Say, that's really hurtful to say. And if you continue to say that, then whatever you feel is appropriate for you, then you need to go to therapy, or then I'll need to move the party somewhere else away from you, or it's time for us to talk about splitting. I mean, it just depends on where you are and what you can tolerate and what other habits and abusive things are happening in the house. So make it very clear what types of behavior you will no longer tolerate. And of course, it's important to protect yourself financially so that you'll be able to get yourself up on your feet, get your own apartment, move out, and do what you need to do so you can have those beautiful dance parties with zero interruptions from the party pooper, the narcissist. If you are already separated from the narcissist, consequences actually are really easy. Boundaries are really easy because they're just no contact. If you continue to verbally abuse me and manipulate the situation, I'm going to block you, period. And so then when they hear silence, they know that you actually block them because they cannot continue on with that behavior. I think you should always have them blocked and out of your Rolodex for good if you leave. But if you have to, because you have children in custody, then you need to have like a time where you block them And then when it's time for a transition of custody, maybe unblock them. You can do it where you communicate with them only on a co-parenting app. So it's very business-like. And that way they don't have your private number anymore. Um, Just, you can have them blocked and erased. Things like that. Because they will always wiggle their way in and push the boundaries and always try and get into your emotional psyche and just wreck with your emotions. Try and break down that strength and willpower. But you got to hold strong to your willpower with those boundaries. You got to hold strong to your strategies 
there are so many other examples of boundaries that you should have with someone who is narcissistic. And I'll just list them off here. Don't let them talk to you any way that they want, right? So clearly communicating and saying, I will not be spoken to that way. And if they do, then you say, I'm going to need to walk away from this conversation, just like a physical block, and not talk to you anymore if you're going to continue in this tone. I will not let people talk to me this way. I will not let you hurt me or I will not let you disrespect me in that manner. If you continue and you don't lower your tone and have a productive conversation in this argument, I'm going to need to step away. Ask them not to share your personal information with others. This is a hard one and huge because this is what they do. They blackmail you. They share all this personal information to make sure that they're the victim out in the public and that you're the one who's crazy. So they're not going to listen to that boundary. I don't even know why that's even a boundary put up on Google. Google, why you have that? But um, I would just be very cautious. You start to minimize what you say. You stop sharing your deepest, darkest secrets with them. You stop sharing personal plans or personal information. And that's also a sign that you're done with them because you're not, you know, sharing your life with them. You're not sharing all of the joys and the wins and the fun times that you have planned on your own, which is perfectly healthy to have when you're in a relationship. So sharing less information, there is, this is called a nonverbal boundary. You don't have to verbalize it. You just stop acting in a certain way. You stop doing something so you can protect yourself from them sharing personal information or ruining a plan that you have planned with your girlfriends and things like that. And then demand that they respect your opinions and thoughts. That's a funny one too, Google. <laughs> you can't demand anyone to respect your thoughts, especially if they're abusing you. They're not already, they don't respect you or your thoughts. So I don't recommend even demanding that. That's a waste of breath and time. But I love that that came up and so I can share it. And I'm just going to not edit that part out because that's amazing. Because sometimes this advice out here that's from Talkspace, Ask a Therapist. Sometimes therapist advice aren't always the great because they haven't been in it. And sometimes it is. So sometimes they need to give you the kick in the pants. And sometimes that's just a hilarious boundary. Like that's so unrealistic. That's textbook. All right. So now we need to prepare your exit strategy. Now that you have money, finances, resources, your willpower, your boundaries up, prepare an exit strategy and rehearse it in your mind. I actually dreamt about the place that I moved into months ago. And this is the beauty of it, of manifestation is you can think and you can dream. And then I went and I toured the apartments, put a deposit down, found a roommate in a week. And it was like magic. It was done because I had thought about it. I didn't even try and strategize. I just dreamt about it. And then I executed and the universe had my back. The universe will always have your back. So don't worry about jumping out into that deep, dark abyss what will happen? Where will I go? Who will catch me? Will I be ever loved again? Universe has your back. Always has your back. And you'll always have a hand to help you out, a friend to be there emotionally to help you physically to find space for you to live. And maybe the place that you find to live is temporary and it might not be ideal. So this is another lesson of maybe humbling yourself to get yourself out in transition and then find your ideal space. So make sure you're moving out physically on your own with a roommate, but not a new lover, not a new partner, 
you need time to heal. You need time for clarity and for decompression. And yeah, you definitely don't need to be latching onto someone else toxic again. And as soon as you begin to mentally distance yourself, it's important to develop this exit strategy. A practical plan will help you feel empowered and in control of the situation. This can include both physical and emotional elements, such as having a support network of people to reach out to, which is in the Empath Healing Support Group that I've created, launching January 16th, and knowing what kind of job or job search resources are available to you so that you can be as financially stable as possible. So having places to stay outside your current home is really important. Some backup plans, a friends to stay over for a few nights. You can couch surf, making sure all the essential documents are in order. So make sure you have passports and your bank statements all in check. And then when you're ready to file a divorce, having those statements all filled out properly, getting some legal help in that area. You also need money to file the divorce. So making sure you have a job and you have money in your bank account to be able to pay the court system to process your divorce filing. It's really important. And these are all things to help you get a quick and easy exit if you are in a very volatile, overt situation with a narcissist. You do not leave while they see you. You avoid conflict. I know it feels like unsettling and unresolved, but the safest way is to get out when they're sleeping, to get out when they're out with their boys or girls, to get out while they're not there. And setting aside that emergency fund is crucial because then you'll have that money to be able to live. So at least three months of living expenses is always what they talk about, no matter if you're in a abusive exit or a normal transition in living situations. And of course, even if you leave in the cloak of night during sleep, expect backlash when you leave and have a support system in place. It's important to remember that the narcissist may act out when you decide to leave. Now, there's two ways. They will either act out and they will try and come to your doorstep or they will sabotage you through your the rumor mill with your friends and family or they will completely neglect you and not talk to you ever again. I'm not sure which one's more painful. I think both are really horrible. So I personally experienced the latter and I felt like why was it just it was a waste of time all those 10 years because he didn't even fight for us and fight for our relationship. But he didn't the whole time I was in it. So why would he when I leave? You know, so it was just like my dumb expectations and I needed a major reality check, which took many years for me to finally like conk myself in the head and have that reality check that even though he may have loved me deeply, the pain of me leaving was triggering his abandonment issues. Not that he truly ever loved me because he would have done all the things that needed to be done emotionally and self-developmentally and relationally for it to work. And it didn't. And it was always my fault. So avoid being dragged back in if they hoover you. Now, for me, I tried to move out seven times. And each time I got the silent treatment, so I self-hoovered myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Like, I really feel really stupid for leaving and making such a big deal over that argument. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. Like, that's what they've conditioned you to do and to think that you're always the one overreacting and you're the one who's just has, is super sensitive and has, is so needy and needs all these things. 
So I called him up and I text back and said, hey, like, I really want to talk about this. And it's not the he's not the only narcissist I've done this with in my life. All my other narcissists. I've said, I really want to work on this. Hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I just feel bad that the relationship couldn't work itself out. It's almost like this standard, right? This contract in my own head of every relationship should work itself out because there's a two-way street. But not every relationship actually is a two-way street. And you're dealing with someone who's just receiving and receiving and doesn't want to work and meet you at your level and doesn't want to work on that relationship. And maybe it's an energy thing. Maybe you've got all these different elements within you. I don't know. Like I think about the astrology chart and the Chinese astrology and how all these different elements and energies can clash. Who knows? Who cares? It just is what it is, right? And so understanding that there's going to be backlash, understanding there's gonna be a lot of heartache after because they're going to run your name through the mud. They're going to sabotage your new life. They're going to chase after you and they're going to sabotage your new partner. So don't put all your personal information on the internet for them to stalk you, to then be able to use against you, then to be able to blackmail you, spread rumors about you, to your family and friends and in the public, and just do all this psychological manipulation in order to regain control, in order to make sure they protect their ego and their identity out into the public. So avoid all that by just blocking them. Don't share personal information and do your own healing work spiritually. Just work on yourself spiritually. Love on your inner child. Love on whomever you have starting to come into your life that's healthy and invest in that. And yeah, that's the best way to avoid being dragged back into the toxic cycle is not to get hoovered back in. So therefore block. There's no need to have their contact information in your phone anymore. And if they reach out and you're like, oop, I know that number, but I don't have it programmed anymore and it's them, you block that number. There's no need for that. You're just keeping the back door open for the murderer or the psychopath to come into your house. Like there's no need, absolutely no need. Oh, but I have to control, like I have to know what's happening in their life. I have to control something in your psyche, like to make sure I feel like secure. No, the most secure is to latch all your doors, deadbolt them, lock them, have two-step authentication for everything, have highly big, complicated, encoded passwords to everything so they can't hack into your systems because you've blocked them. This is the way to keep yourself secure and safe and at peace. That's it. Your support system of close friends and the empath healing community is here for you to lend a listening ear, to provide emotional support, and to protect you from negative intentions of the narcissist. We've all been through it. So we can say, hey, nope, that's a trick. Don't fall for that trick. Don't fall into the trap. And lastly, take time to recover after the separation. Even after initial separation, it is essential to take time to emotionally heal and recover. Like I said, this is why I have the Empath Healing course. It's not even really a course. It's just all of my healing exercises that really helped me go from hurt, pain, wounded to flying like a big raven up in the sky. And so that took time. That took this process and all the exercises and the meditations and the spiritual rituals and healings that I have in this 
course, quote unquote. It's really more like a list. It's like a workshop and I take you through all of it and you can go back to it and revisit all the different exercises and meditations every day or save the certain videos and meditations that really helped you so you can continue to practice those on a daily basis until you feel strong enough to just practice them once a week and then once a month. And it's important. I mean, it takes a long time to process all of the pain and the betrayal and the manipulation and to emotionally heal and recover. It doesn't happen overnight. It took me years. And when I say years, I've been out now 12 years and I'm feeling finally like my throat chakra is clearing up and I'm getting my stride. But I can easily say that I felt really comfortable and at peace about six years out. So it just takes time and everyone's timeline is different. So don't rush yourself. Don't feel frustrated that you're not healed right away and you're doing all this work to process and heal. And some betrayals don't ever heal over time. Time doesn't always heal. Like another one of our guests, Dr. Debbie Silber, shares in episode two that's upcoming this Thursday. Not all time heals these wounds of betrayal. Not all that time can heal. It's just a matter of how we manage that grief. Just like when someone dies, you really are mourning a death of a person you thought that person was, but they really weren't, right? They put on this show for you. That person never really existed. So you're mourning the death of that person. And then on top of that, you're mourning the death of this relationship and all your hopes and dreams and all the promises they promised you to stay. Now you're mourning the death of that relationship. So you've got a lot of things that you're healing and processing and mourning through. So be gentle on yourself. Take time and make it an important to devote time every day to your mental health and your self-care. This includes grieving the loss of that relationship. This includes meditations and journaling, brain dumping. And additionally, it is important to surround yourself like I've said again and again, with supportive people in our Empath Healing Support Group. We are the hand to help pull you out of the quicksand. We are those that you can talk to. We are here for you. And we, at least my personally, this is a brand new community that everyone who's joining will be here for each other to be able to help answer all the questions. There's so many questions that come up as you're processing. It's insane. You're like, how did I not know this? How is this even an issue? But it happens and it, it's just, especially when you are just, that abuse situation is normalized. It is what it is. And it was normalized. And so now it's almost like a whole new education of what a healthy person should look like and what a healthy relationship should look like because you've never experienced it. Maybe never ever in your entire life. And I'm so sorry for that. You're a beautiful soul and you are worth all of the hopes and dreams that you desire. You are worth the love from a healthy, supportive partner that you so deserve. You deserve that. So with that, I will conclude and again, let you know that you can receive all the free gifts in the link in the show notes, as well as join that amazing empath healing support course that I've created. It is available to you for one entire year. 
We're going to get that set up only for $99. It's a one-time fee. $99 for a whole year. You are a founding member. You are the only ones that get that price for one month. So you will get that now through January 30th. And then after that, the prices will bump up because I'm only offering this special price to founding members of this brand new Empath Healing Support community. I wish you so much love and light on your journey. I'm here for you if you need one-on-one coaching, someone to talk to. That is also available in 2023. We can go through your chart. We can just talk and I can just listen. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this podcast and you're so excited for season five, please rate and review this podcast. Make sure to subscribe and hit that bell to get all the notifications when I release episodes Tuesday, Sunday, and Thursday. So much love. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. Losing time, I'm fading fast. I just want to make it last. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes, embrace the blast. Sleepless nights and headaches stack. Restlessness to hell and back. What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack.